make your your professional life successful, you have to put just as much emphasis on developing yourself and your personal life away from your job as you do at your job. Welcome back to another episode of Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. On today's episode, we have Justin Castagna. He is an emerging leader in the aviation industry, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know Justin very well, worked with him together, and also we've been following each other and growing within the kind of growing up in the aviation industry. So I wanted to bring on Justin to unpack his story and journey of not only his journey in aviation, but what it really took for him to grow in the industry and have him share his story. Uh, I know many of you listening are young people, so this is a way for you to learn from a young people, one young person that has been growing in the aviation industry. We talk about things like work-life balance and what it took to um, stand out amongst the crowd and things that a lot of the things that I talked about in my book, Navigation and Discovery. So we're going to hear from Justin Castagna and I really hope you enjoy this episode with Justin. Well, Justin, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. Really, thank you for your time and uh, really excited for this this opportunity to, to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. I uh, appreciate the opportunity and uh, nice to be on the podcast, having kind of grown up in the industry with you together um, and now getting the chance to do this a few years later should be uh, should be a good experience. Yeah, awesome. Um, so before we get going on on our discussion. Could you give some insights a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your background? Sure. Well, for those who are listening, my name is uh, Justin Castagna. I am uh, from Seal Beach, California. Uh, I grew up uh, in this area, played uh, very competitive ice hockey growing up. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that later since it did play such a big impact in in my life. as a kid and into what I'm doing today, but played very competitive hockey. Uh, That ultimately took me to college. I went to school in uh, Burlington, Vermont, um, at a small college called St. Michael's College. Uh, Spent about four and a half years there. And uh, I did some aviation internships while I was in school, Um, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do at all before I went to school. And uh, after I graduated from school, I spent a couple of years working in airport management. And uh, now I work for Aeroplex and I'm in my ninth, almost 10th year here at Aeroplex. So definitely, I think a unique background, but one I'm very proud of. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing following kind of both of our journeys um, from a distance and for a short time in person. So um so we're both from the avi- aviation industry. That's how we met. And um, what I really wanted to take a deep dive in is if you can tell us a little bit about yourself um, growing up and how did you fall into or how did you end up pursuing a career in aviation? And yeah. Sure. That's a kind of a funny story. I um, I have the pleasure now of uh, being business partners with my father. Um my father's been in aviation since I was a kid. Um, when I was young, I could remember him working at the airport during the day and being a police officer at night. Um, and he actually started working as a line guy um, <clears throat> and then worked as an FBO manager and now uh, does kind of what we do today, obviously. Um, but growing up as a kid, I was really focused on sports and I never really wanted anything to do with aviation. I can remember my dad's, he had a Cessna 210 and he would ask me all the time, do you want to learn to fly? And you know, I like to go flying with him, but I never um, had any interest in it myself. Um, and so fast forward, you know, I uh, play hockey my whole life. I um, very successful, won a national championship when I was 16 years old, um, ultimately get a scholarship to play in college. And happens that where I'm going to school in Vermont, less than a mile down the road is Burlington International Airport. So while I'm in school in my first year and starting to take some of my business courses, I'm watching airplanes take off and land uh, most of the day. And so, you know, I always always had an interest in watching the airplanes just because I spent so much time around it. And 
fast forward, I got my pilot's license that summer. I spent a summer working as a line service guy for Signature in the successive three years after that. Did internships at three different airports and also an internship here at Aeroplex um, and got my CM with AAAE and just kind of hit the ground running. I didn't ever expect that I wanted to to go into it, but I think after my my uh, first year of college, I remembered all the stuff about how much time I had spent around it in the past. And then seeing it there while I was in school, it just was a natural um, attraction to want to work in it. And looking back, I don't regret it at all. I love what I get to do every day. Yeah. So how long have you been in the aviation industry now? Oh, let's see. My first internship was probably when I was 18 years old. So um, I'm going on almost 15 years wow. of being in the industry. Wow, that's a long time. And you, you've really had the opportunity to have a, a diverse, I would say, a, a diverse experiences because uh, you've been in the airport, you've been on the FBO side, yeah. and now doing what you're doing today. Uh, you've had the real opportunity to to really move forward in the industry, I would say, at a very, very uh, fast pace. Um, what would you say you learned about yourself kind of moving, um, moving up in the aviation industry over the last uh, 15 years? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I do, I think I attribute a lot of uh, the success I've had today to those diverse experiences. I can take that back all the way to um, my days playing sports and learning time management and having a balanced school and a competitive athletic schedule. Um, so, you know, I've learned that managing my time is really important. Um, you know, work-life balance, and having a diverse background, and uh, I try to think of uh, try to think of myself as not being a necessarily an expert at any one thing, but having a little bit of knowledge in a lot of things, so that when I approach a situation, I can look at it from multiple perspectives. Uh, take building a hangar, for example. Um, as this is very specific, but as you know, with a Gulfstream, when you tow a Gulfstream into a hangar. You have a hundred and eight, or excuse me, three hundred and sixty degree turn radius around the 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 front gear, uh, or the nose wheel. On a Challenger, or a Global, you don't have that same radius, so it makes parking um, aircraft inside hangars a little bit different. And so, when I go into a design meeting um, for any said hangar, uh, and we're talking about what airplanes a specific user might want to park in there. I already have a step ahead because I've worked as the line guy. So I understand um, the implications and how the operations work. Um, you know, I have the perspective of a pilot. I have my I have my private pilot's license. Uh, I have the perspective of the FBO. I have the perspective of the developer, the financial investor. And so having that well-rounded approach and learning how to balance your approach with, you know, the different the differing priorities on any sort of project time, um, schedule, budget, finances, uh, all of that is extremely critical as to what I've really learned about myself is the ability to balance a lot of spinning plates at the same time. How important was mentorship throughout your journey so far and how really important is it today to, to help you where you've gotten in, in the industry? So I said something earlier, uh, I have the pleasure of getting to be business partners and work with my father every day. Um, so that, you know, right there is the epitome of mentorship. Uh, not only is, you know, my dad, my best friend, but I also get to work with him too. And so he's been, you know, a mentor to me uh, for my entire, uh, you know, obviously life and career. Um Playing sports, I had a lot of mentors in sports, great coaches, uh, great teammates, uh, and all of those experiences, in my opinion, have led me to the success I've had today. And so mentorship for me is a really big thing, and it's something that I enjoy uh, giving back uh, to the community to be able to do. And uh, just you know, quick story, uh, one of my staff who works for me, his name is Luis Trujillo. Uh, he came here from Colombia when he was 18 years old, uh, didn't speak any English, uh, came here on a visa to go to college. And um, I was paired up with him at a AAAE conference 
through their ambassador program as he was a student and I had attended the conference multiple times. And uh, Luis, after we left the conference, had a, you know, sent me a handwritten thank you card. Uh, it was on my desk the day I got back to work and uh, I kept in touch with him over the years and helped him get an internship and just, you know, kind of continued that mentorship. And now today he's, he's worked uh, with me for almost seven years. And this is a guy who started not speaking English, who's now, you know, corresponding back with attorneys and managing multi-million dollar construction projects and, you know, millions of dollars of rent in, a month uh, at, at various facilities. And so very, very proud of how far he's come from obtaining his citizenship to getting his education um, and to now, you know, flourishing into a good leader in the industry that he is today. So I just, I tell that story because it's a, it's an example of mentorship um, not only that I have been so fortunate to receive um, from my father and many other uh, people in my own life, but also being able to take that and pass it down as I have done with Luis and will continue to do with others too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an, that's an amazing story. And, you know, even though um, like we're both so young in the industry, why is it so important to like really give back in, in mentorship? Because obviously we're young professionals seeking mentorship and uh why is that why was that so important to you to to really give back uh to uh the story that you mentioned uh with uh Luis I think I mean the just the obvious one is I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have it um and there's something to be said about I'll use the word uh legacy um, you know, carrying that legacy forward, not not my own individual legacy, but legacy in terms of um, the passion for what we do every day and having purpose in our life. And, and when you're able to take what you do every day in your own life or what I do in, in, my, in my life and my job and with my family and really um, invest the experience that I've been fortunate enough to have and take that and invest it into somebody else to help them get the same experience. It's not only, um, you know, self-satisfying, but it's, it's fun to participate in. And it's, it's also helping develop the next generation of leaders. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time studying leadership. Uh, I have been involved in it from sports through my career and, uh, I know that success in any in any capacity is uh, a direct correlation to how much time you invest in in developing and maintaining leaders, and so I'm I'm certainly passionate about doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, uh, which I wanted to touch on very briefly, was you mentioned that you had the pleasure of of having a diversity of experiences um you were able to learn a lot of things in the industry which is helping you today in in your role with with aeroplex um so what would you say you know i when i started out in the industry i was kind of tunneled vision on that just one lane and it really took a while for me to come to the conclusion that you know i need to learn more i need to have more experiences than just what i'm doing um, why, why is having a, being open to learning and being, uh, trying out different things so important, um, for, I guess, just, just people, professionals just entering the workforce? I think it, it starts, uh, you know, from the time you, you, uh, are in school trying to establish some practical experience. Uh, one of the things that I was, uh, from my own mentors was taught to me is don't say no to anything. Or, or find ways not to say no. And so when, you know, you're in your first job and the, you know, the boss says, hey, we need to get this done. Be the one that volunteers for it. Be the one that volunteers to come in on the weekend when you're in college and maybe you're living at home um, and, you know, you need an internship. Be willing to work for free because uh, all of that experience that uh, you will gain not only will help you individually um, ascend whatever career uh, ladder you're on because you're willing to do things that maybe not everybody else is, but you're also gaining experience that you'll be able to then look back to. And I think, uh, you know, I used to be told often 
um, you know, you're still young. Uh, and I still get told this all the time, but you know, you're young and you, you know, you'll learn and you'll get more experience. Um, but being, you know, almost 15 years into it now, I can look back on, you know, when I'm mentoring somebody and say, Hey, like, I understand, I hear you, you know, you're on the right track, like you will learn. And so it's almost, I'm having that, like, Oh, I, I, I get it moment. Um, but I, I just, I think that's extremely important, um, as you develop your experience to, to be more successful moving forward. Awesome. Well, I wanted to shift kind of the conversation, you know, based on, based on your career journey, your education path so far growing up, um, what are, let's talk about some of the lessons that you want to share to our listeners. Uh, what would you say is some of the things that you've learned over time that, that you'll really want to pass on, uh, to those listening on this uh, episode? Well, number one is kind of just along the lines of what I, what I had said is find a way to say yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that there's two sides to that is don't, don't over self-sacrifice, but find ways to say yes and find ways to be involved, find ways to do the extra things, um, participate in the industry, serve on a committee, try to participate on a board, um, do the extra certification to get your training, um, all of that stuff when you're 15 years down the road and you look back, all of that stuff adds up. Um, uh, relationships, I think, are extremely critical. Uh, probably for me, the most important, um, you know, we talked a lot about mentorship, but through mentorship forms relationships. And so uh, I know, and, and you know this, Cameron, uh, the aviation industry is a very small world. Um, there's a reason why Although we haven't worked directly together over the last several years, we've, as you said, been able to watch each other from afar as uh, the industry is small. And that's not only applicable to the aviation industry. That's just, that's the world in general. It's a small world and yeah. um, developing those relationships. You never, you never know who you might run into or what you might need in the future. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the saying, it's not, it's not what you know, but who you know. And there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, as students, as students come out of college and they're looking for internships or they're looking for jobs is, you know, a lot of people's first job is a place where they interned. And if they went to do an internship and they did a good job, um, that will come back and, and that relationship will be the foundation for what you will build on moving forward. And so, you know, I think, like I said, relationships, um, never saying no or finding a way not to say no. Um, and, you know, being a team player, uh, that's a very, very cliche thing. And I think anybody sitting in this interview could say that, uh, I, I think I look at it a little bit differently is, uh, I come from a background of playing a team sport for, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years of my life. And, um, having spent a lot of time on a team, uh, I also know that, uh, doing what I do every day. I could not do it without my team that I have uh, with me. And, you know, and in, in, in Aeroplex, we don't, we don't take the opinion like, oh, I'm your boss or I'm your manager or I'm your supervisor. The way, as far as I'm, we are concerned in this environment is we all work together. And that, that doesn't matter if you work for Aeroplex or you work for one of our vendors, our contractors, uh, our financial partners, uh, we're, we're a team and, um, the success of uh, any project, mission, uh, vision, whatever you're working towards is only as good as the people collaborating on it together. So those three things are, are really crucial to me and something that I would, if I were mentoring any anybody listening, those would be three huge things I'd highlight. Yeah, one of the things uh, that, that I really uh, look up to you on ever since we, we met, uh, several several years ago was you really do a good job of putting yourself out there and i think that's what young professionals struggle with even i struggled with that uh, when it was time to finish up college and you have to go and start meeting people in the industry start um, looking at job prospects um and it often like for me it, it took a lot out of me because i was a huge shy and timid person and i think that's a lot of the hesitations that young professionals have today is is like really the hesitation to put themselves out there 
or try something new? I, I guess, what, what advice would you have based on your experience that you had with that? I'd say do it anyway. Um, there it's, it is uncomfortable. Uh, I said to somebody earlier this year, uh, you know, I sit on the, uh, the board of the association of California airports and I've, uh, going into my fifth year on that board. And I was actually appointed the vice president this year. And I said to one of my team members before we went to the conference, I said, you know, this is the first time and I'm, and mind you, I'm 15 years in the industry. This is the yeah. first time I'm, I'm going to a conference where I really feel like I'm going to walk into the room and I feel really comfortable uh, knowing that I'm going to know who people are. And if I don't know them, I'm, I'm not at all. I don't have, there's no hesitation for me to be able to walk up and say hello and shake their hand and, uh, and do that. And so, you know, we were talking earlier about, oh yeah, well, you know, it comes with time and experience um, and it does, but also the willingness to just walk right up to somebody and shake their hand. Um, there's no reason to be afraid to do it because everybody at what, if it's a career fair a conference, um, you know, whatever it is that you're attending as a younger professional or a student, everybody who you're walking up to, to introduce yourself, to talk to has been in the same shoes that you are. Mm -hmm. And so they understand, sure, it's going to be uncomfortable. And in some cases you might not get the time of day, but just shake hands, get a business card, send a follow-up email, send a handwritten thanks for the five minutes that you had with that person. Um, and really, try to make yourself stand out because the people who end up being successful are the ones who ultimately get themselves out of their comfort zone. And, you know, like you said, I've also watched you do the same thing. I can remember back to when we were a lot younger and I remember thinking, Oh, he's really shy. Um, but I, I was too. And it's, it's funny to watch how we've both kind of progressed in that way. Um, I was always shy, but I never, you know, tried to let people see that. I, I really worked hard to, to fake it, if you will. And I don't want to say fake it because that's not the right word, but fake it. There is some truth to fake it till you make it. Um, and so, I, you know, I've always just tried to, to do things that make me uncomfortable. And maybe that comes from my background in sports and training and, um, you know, I, growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. And so I, I try to make sure I get out of my comfort zone and, like I said, it's taken me almost 15 years now to be able to walk into a room and, and really have the comfort of wherever I am to, to, you know, feel established enough that I'm not nervous to walk up and shake hands with somebody. Mm -hmm. And it takes those little steps, those little steps. I don't, I know, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I have to do this big thing, but taking those small steps, those small risks, those small like leaps of faith. And, and once you get comfortable uh once you start growing you're seeing yourself grow then you move to the next level try something a bit bigger then you try something a bit bigger and then um that's how you build it over time well sure it's that and it's yeah. how, do you, how do you set yourself apart from from uh from the from the guy next to you or the, the the girl next to you you know i i had the opportunity to coach uh ice hockey for about four years after i um moved back down to Long Beach area and uh, spending a lot of time coaching was really kind of an eye-opening experience because having been in the sport for so long, I got to be on the other side of it. And there are a lot of people nowadays that are, to be honest, are just not willing to do the extra stuff. Um, and so to be successful, I don't want to say it's not hard. It's hard and it takes hard work, but there are little things that you can do that will set you apart from you know, I'll say the masses of people, uh, take the story I told earlier about Luis, uh, Luis had a handwritten thank you card on my desk. By the time I got back to my office, that's a special touch and something that, you know, to be honest, I still have it. Um, but something that when, when an opportunity comes up, for example, with Luis and we need to hire someone really quick, you know, I remembered that I remembered his, his follow-up, his dedication, his, uh, you know, his pursuit of bettering himself. Uh, he did something to make it so I would remember it. So take that business card, send the follow-up email, send a handwritten thank you, make yourself uncomfortable, walk right up to somebody and shake hands, say hello. Um, you know, I've watched you do that over the years too. And I just think 
there's things that you can do that will set you apart that are really, it, do, it doesn't take some insurmountable process to overcome. It, they're simple, easy things you can do that will make you stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier, Justin, was relationships. And I know in this industry, and like you mentioned before, I feel like it applies to every other industry, every other um, place of work. Um, networking and relationships are so important. And I feel like you've done a great job at networking and building relationships in, in not only your current role, but in also your outside involvements within the industry. Um, so how important has that been for you? Uh, huge. I mean, my, I would honestly, I'd say that my relationships today are the foundation for, for, uh, you know, uh, one business development, but two, um, it, it makes coming to work fun. You know, I, I, when I come to work every day, I, uh, I work, I, uh, of course my father's here, um, uh, but I get to work with my family. Everyone that's here is my family. Uh, Erica, who works for us in administration, uh, it's been here for years and, you know, uh, she's one of my best friends. Uh, I have a guy named Daniel who works for me and I was the best man in his wedding. Uh, you know, Luis has been, I've been obviously very close with him ever since we hired him. Ian and Van Eyes, same thing. We got hired in the same year. And so I, I really feel like when I come to work, I'm, I'm coming to, you know, yes, we work hard, but, you know, I'm coming to work with my family and my friends and, uh, there's some truth to that. And, and same thing when you go to these conferences, you know, you, and you've seen it when you go to these conferences, there's a lot of people who are catching up and hanging out. And um, most business that is done at a conference is not done in the conference venue. It's, it's, Hey, let's, uh, you know, we'll go out after and meet for a coffee or a cocktail and uh, catch up and, and that, the, but if, you know, you do that year after year after year, um, ultimately, that's going to turn into to business and um, those relationships that you establish early on in your career and work hard to foster and maintain will ultimately pay off. Um, I have been in opportunities where I or situations where um, somebody that I have a good relationship with in the industry or did some work for um, that they were pleased with recommended me to somebody else. And so it's, it's also free marketing, it's free business development. So um, I, I, I just, I can't stress enough the importance of those relationships and how impactful they are to not only what you do every day internally, but also externally with your clients, your vendors, um, your service providers, because uh, there's no I and, in, you know, I guess it's a cliche, but there's no I in team. There's no I in success. Uh, I I don't have the success that I do. And our company doesn't have the success I do because of me. Uh, it's because of all of us. And, you know, whether that's internal and external and the relationships we've built along the way. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that just came to mind with networking and relationships, and I, I see this often happen, um, whether it's people that are older than us in the industry or, or young professionals starting out is when it comes to that relationship building and establishing relationship, maybe looking for your next job or whatever. Um, I feel like when, when there's a misconception where it's more of what can I get from this relationship or what can I get from this person than what am I bringing to the table? So how have you like balanced both both, I guess, business and also that relationship building? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And one that I have, you know, through the years, given some thought to, um, you know, doing some of the what I'll call extracurricular stuff, like uh, yeah. the past four years on the Association of Cal Air California Airports Board, or uh, I was one of the founding members of uh, MBAA's Young Professionals Council. It's now a committee, I think, but Mm -hmm. um, those things obviously cost money to participate. I mean, flying to DC for MBAA is, you know, you got to pay for the flight, got to pay for the hotel and that's not being paid for by the association. Uh, you know, ACC, same thing. We go to the, we sponsor, we go to the conferences, we go to California aviation day. Um, and so it's really trying to find that balance between, uh, paying and participating in something. And then, obviously you want to get a return from it. Uh, but I think 
in the period of time where you're you're defining yourself and establishing yourself, you have to look at it as you're making an investment um, in your future. And so, uh, you know, there were oftentimes I spent my own money to participate in those things because I knew that down the road it would pay off. And I feel like now I've gotten to the point in my career where I have spent enough time doing those things to establish the relationships that are now paying off in me uh, obtaining value from it. And so uh, don't shy away from those opportunities. If I were giving advice is um, do the extra stuff. Find, you know, it goes back to the find a way to say yes. Find a way to sponsor something, to participate on a board, on a committee, um, get involved in, you know, whatever association it is, even if it's you're having to spend extra time on it outside of your job, because there will come a day um, where you get to do it as part of your job and it then will enhance what you do every day. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot through, you know, even if it's paying your, your way to an event or conference or dinner or cocktail hour or whatever that might be. And even though let's say you're not quote unquote sponsored for it, those things go a long way. Uh, mm -hmm. A simple thing of just, just showing up truly makes a difference. And I've learned that throughout time, even sometimes I don't even want to go to some of these things, but just showing up is like a big deal for a lot of people. Well, and, and you, you never know who's, you know, who's going to be involved at what event. I mean, look at Luis as the example. Um, I I was happened to be in charge of that ambassador program that year, and I paired up every single person, and there was one name left, and I was like, okay, I'll just I'll pair myself up with them. But look what that turned into. I mean, um, you you never know who's going to be where and what opportunity might be uh, provided to you. So obviously, within balance and keeping your life in balance. Yeah. Find ways to say yes, find ways to participate, even if you have to spend extra time doing it, because there will, it's kind of like a, there, there comes a tipping point, right? Um, yeah. You're working really, really, really hard and you're climbing up the hill. And at some point you're going to kind of reach the top of that hill where you're going to start seeing a lot of the, the value coming from the work that you put in over time. And, and, I, but I want to make sure that I say that doesn't mean I'm done climbing up the hill. Like, yes, I'm starting yeah. to see value from those things, but for me, that's just motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's, it's extremely critical for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's touch on balance a little bit. Um, I know this is, this is something I would, I would say balance is something that is different really for everyone. Everyone has different circumstances, different situation. There's different ways that people find balance. Um, so what is it that you do to find balance today based on your circumstances and, and where you're at today? So for me, uh, just I'll start with the real simple things is uh, my mornings are very important to me. You know, I'm up early every morning and I try to do some sort of physical movement every morning uh, before I go to work. And that's kind of my time, um, my quiet time, my, my time to uh to balance uh, myself out and get myself in a good frame of mind during the day. Um, you know, balance, I, I think, so that's what I do for me personally. Balance overall, uh, in a way, I think is a very, it changes through generations. Um, and, you know, I've had this conversation with my father and I've talked a lot about this, um, is you see a lot of what I'll call younger professionals today. Um, you know, there's the whole work from home, um, and hybrid or remote working and uh, finding ways to work for less hours and still accomplish the same things. And I'm, you know, to be honest, I, I'm as, as far as the last one, I said, you know, finding ways to, to, to work quicker um, and not as long. I'm fully in support of that. Um, I personally like coming to an office every day. Um, that doesn't mean I want to sit here for 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do, I do like coming to an office and I enjoy working hard. Um, and I, I just, I think balance is a really interesting thing. And over the last, uh, several years, uh, probably three to four years, especially as, as my own life has gotten busier, I'm really learning the importance of balance. And so, you know, when I go home at night, you know, there's day I could stay in the office till 10, 11 o'clock every night and still not be done with what I feel like I have to do, but it's always going to be there tomorrow. And so if I don't 
prioritize things that I know make me feel balanced, peace, um, less stress, I'm ultimately then just going to be better at my job if I'm finding ways to, to find, you know, that release outside of work too. Um, and I, it, it can be dangerous when people start looking at work as that, that pathway, um, as they're finding balance, cause work's not it. You know, I'm a big believer in, um, we were put on this earth not not to work sure I, I i do i find purpose in my job but it's not the reason i'm here um and uh I, so i with my own staff uh, we were actually talking about this the other day i don't know of any situation on, on our team where i've ever had to say no to somebody's vacation we always find a way to say yes uh we always find a way to make something happen to provide coverage to to allow people because we really put an emphasis on our employees having that work life balance and um, so certainly a big believer in that a big believer in in you know if your mornings are your time or your evenings are your time um, take advantage of those go take a trip for a week go somewhere turn your phone off uh, I personally really enjoy being in nature so. I really enjoy not having my phone with me and, and just being able to unplug and uh, all of that is a really good way to recharge. So you come back and uh, you know, you feel like, like you've done something. And as the world progresses, I'm sure we'll continue to find ways to work smarter, not harder and uh, be able to enjoy that balance even more. Yeah. And another thing is um I found I don't know if, if you're you kind of aligned with this, but early on when starting out in the industry, you know, you're really gung ho about this industry moving forward in the industry, you know, putting your best foot forward, getting out of your comfort zone, of course, making those mistakes. But then the one thing I realized is all all my identity was in it was in what I did, meaning where I was working, what I was doing. And that's all I lived and breathed. Um, why is it so important to to define yourself beyond the what the what and what you do? So there's a a saying that I was told often uh, when I was younger playing hockey uh, from my my father, and he said, uh, "Hockey is something you do; it's not who you are." And so I've carried that with me over the years, and I, I still. Uh, carry that with me through my, through my everyday life too. And my job is, you know, my job at Aeroplex um, is not, it's not who I am. It's just something that I do. Um, sure. Do I find a little bit of identity in it? Sure. I do. Cause I'm, I'm uh, it's, I take ownership in, in what I do and in doing that, you know, in any job that you're in, that's, that's a healthy thing. You want to take ownership. You want, you want what you do to be a good representation of yourself. But, uh, you know, if I were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want to be remembered as Justin, not Aeroplex. Mm -hmm. So I think to make your, your professional life successful, you have to put just as much emphasis on developing yourself in your personal life away from your job as you do at your job and so but you know it, it's about it's a balance like you said uh, and I appreciate your comments on that because when you are younger in the industry and you're working really hard to establish yourself um, that's going to be pretty important at the at the first stages of your career when you're trying to establish the foundation of of you know you know the, the rest of your career uh, that doesn't happen without, you know, putting in that extra time. And so, you know, if you look at a career year over year, sure, it might be a little bit heavier weighted in the first part of your career where you're going to spend, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day working to establish your foundation. But as you get older and you start having a family and, um, you know, your priorities change, uh, the balance, it's going to kind of balance out the other way. And so, and everybody's situation is different. That's not the same for everyone. Um, but I think it's really important not to think like, uh, you know, I was telling somebody this the other day. Yes, work-life balance is really important to me. That doesn't mean there won't be days where I have to work 12, 14 hours. There's going to be a day where I have to do that, but I don't want to do it every day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that is a is a really 
if I were giving anybody advice is, is put just as much emphasis on your, your private life, your life away from your job, um, just as much as you put on your job because doing it outside will make you better at your job and taking the balance away from your job will make you a better person in your personal life too. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways, you know, honing in on your hobbies, honing in on your other interests, or maybe there was maybe some backup careers that you've had that maybe you can do something on the side, um, you know, whatever that might be for you and where you find some time for, for fun. Because yeah, sometimes, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, hobbies is a huge, is huge thing. Have, have something to do. Don't, you know, when people say, oh yeah, I'm, you know, what, what, what do you do for fun? Oh, well I work and, you know, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, it's, I've always had sports, so yeah. I, I can play a lot of golf. Um, and for me, golf is great because it combines sports and my love of being outside. Uh, and so I, I find a lot of solace in that. That might not be for everybody, um, but I certainly encourage you, you know, find a hobby, find something to do that is not your job. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so awesome. Well, Justin, this has been a, an awesome discussion. Um, really, really been awesome to, to kind of both reflect on, on our journeys and really uh, peel the onion a little bit on on your journey in not only the workforce but in the aviation industry. Um, so, to to kind of as we come to a close, we have a little a bit of a rapid fire of of some fun questions, uh, just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Um, so the first one is, what are some recommended reads that you have? Uh, so. Great question. I, I spend a, a little bit of time every day reading uh, something, another hobby of mine, if you will, to carry on what we were just talking about. Uh, I really enjoy leadership stuff, and maybe that comes from my sports background. So I read a lot of leadership books, uh, anything that has to do with Navy SEALs. Uh, I just am fascinated with that world that they they live in. So Jocko Willink is a, is a great leadership author. I've read all of his books. Um, just recently started reading uh, William McRaven's book. William McRaven, uh, it's the famous make your bed speech, uh, four-star admiral, retired as a Navy SEAL 35 plus years. Um, so those are what I'll call my more serious reads. Uh, Daniel Silva is a great author, author, excuse me, and more so what I'm, I would consider when I read for fun. Uh, so any sort of like spy, um, conspiracy type books uh, are are interesting to me. Uh, so I, I try to balance between, you know, reading for leadership and stuff and, and reading for fun. And I'm usually reading two books at once. Yeah. Any uh, recommended podcasts that you listen to? I listen to the Jocko podcast. Uh, that's the one I've really been listening to lately. Uh, another one that I really like is Andrew Huberman. It's called the Huberman Lab. Um so it's pretty technical, a little more scientific, but I really enjoy kind of learning about um, the human body and what impacts, you know, what what raises our cortisol, what what causes us to be stressed out, what's happening internally when this happens. Um, he talks a lot about emotions and how your emotions impact your physical health and your mental health impacts your physical health, and uh, that's been that's been really interesting to learn about. So. I would say Jocko's podcast because you kind of get the old Navy SEALs that come on and tell their stories. And then uh, and you get the leadership uh, bits, you know, put into that. And then Andrew Huberman is a great, great listen for anybody who who wants to uh, to listen to that that stuff, too. Awesome. And then uh, what's the next thing that you would like to do that's on your bucket list? Oh, man. Well, I, w I did skydiving this year, so I'd certainly like to do that again. Um, I would really uh, like to travel to Patagonia, Chile, down at the south end of South America. Um, just, just incredibly beautiful places. I, I love uh, to be outside. I love nature, uh, and so I'd say that's that's probably top of the list there. Um, and so, yeah. How was your uh, first skydiving experience? A lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, I was. Funny, I was the last one to jump out of the airplane because I was the, happened to be the first one to get on the plane. So I was the last one to jump out. And, uh, you know, there's no going back once you get up there. So yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And 
kind of a different perspective. You know, I got to sit up, I was basically sitting in the cockpit because I was stuck all, stuffed all the way in the back of the airplane and mm-hmm. interesting to kind of see it from that perspective because, you know, I know what it's like to fly the airplane, but to jump out of it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, next one is uh, dead or alive. Who would you like to have lunch with? So uh, I'll, I'll answer this two ways. Uh, dead would be my grandfather. Um, my uh, actually both, I, I could say both my grandfathers, my mom's dad and my dad's dad, both of them, I was had a very close relationship with growing up. Both of them have unfortunately passed several years ago, but um, both very dedicated in sports. You know, my, my dad's father knew John Wooden personally. And so anybody who's read a leadership book knows who John Wooden is. And, uh, and so I, I really enjoyed my, my time I spent with my, both my grandfathers over the years. And it would just, it would mean a lot to me to be able to, to be where I'm at today and get to have that time with them back again. Um, and then alive, uh, this is a really tough one. Um, there's so many people I could, uh, I could choose from, but I, I mentioned earlier, William McRaven and, it's just because recently I uh, I had listened to actually he was on Jocko's podcast twice but I, I listened to uh, his podcast and his story uh, that he told um, from when he came into the Navy to actually being fired as a Navy SEAL officer and then coming back and making his way to to Admiral and then he went on to you know give the famous make your bed speech at the University of Texas and I just think a guy with that experience story um, would just be a really, uh, really fun person to sit down with and and just have more of a casual conversation with. So that one for sure. Awesome. And then a final question is what is, what are the best words of wisdom or advice that you've received? This is another great one. Uh, So lately, and I'm sure depending on what week you ask me, I could have a different one. I've given a few tidbits on this call of different sayings that I live by, but my favorite one is, so what, do it anyway. Um, Mm. And maybe that comes from my sports background, but you know, you wake up in the morning and you know, when I was going to college playing hockey in Northern Vermont, we would have practice at seven in the morning and you're driving to practice that's negative 30 degrees outside. And the last thing you want to do is go in a cold ice rink and put your gear on, but you do it anyway. And so I think a lot of people that are successful in you know, both their personal and professional lives today, it goes back to that being uncomfortable. And sure, there are going to be days that I don't want to wake up early and there are going to be days that, you know, I might not want to work as hard, but it's what I do in those times that I don't want to do something because every, everybody that you, you know, quote, compete with everybody's going to have those feelings of not wanting to do it. But if I do it and the person next to me doesn't do it, then I got a little bit better that day. And so for me, it's, it's so what do it anyway. And especially I'd say in the last six months or so, that's been a, it's been a saying of mine um, that I've carried both in my personal and professional life. that has been really, really helpful for me is uh, you know, it's really easy to make an excuse Um but it, it feels a lot better when you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Uh, so as we uh, come to a close here, um, I know, Justin, we talked about you provided a lot of insights uh, through your career journey and career growth uh, so far. Um, but what are some last final words of encouragement to those young people that are starting out in the workforce? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, would love to summarize the entire podcast again, but I mean, the first one would be uh, do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, make yourself uncomfortable. It, it's okay to be uncomfortable and uh, a small period of time being uncomfortable is worth it for, you know, after that being comfortable. Uh, and so, you know, take the risk, uh, go, go shake hands with somebody, uh, find ways to say yes. And uh, really, uh, just be yourself. I mean, and that sounds really cliche and I'm not a big fan of cliches, but it just so happens that they fit in a lot of places. But, and when I say be yourself, you know, we talked a lot about identity is find identity in your profession and what you want to do in your life, but also find identity in your purpose outside of your profession. Uh, just put, put just as much energy and focus into 
something you're passionate about outside of work as you do, you know, find ways to volunteer outside of work too, whether that's, um, you know, could be at your child's school. I'm trying to think of any example, but um, find things that you're passionate about and spend time doing them uh, because it will make you a better person. And so, you know, those are, those are really the, the, the things I would leave them with is just find ways to be uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to, to get outside your comfort zone because it will pay off uh, in the long run. And I know Cameron, you and I both can attest to that as we've made our way through through the industry. For sure. All right, well, thank you so much, Justin, for sharing all your insights and your knowledge. Really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, thanks, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I said, it's a pleasure and uh, happy to be a resource to any of your listeners. Uh, they they need any uh, follow-up mentoring I'm, I'm always happy to be a resource and share uh, any any wisdom that i do have so awesome. thanks yeah and uh, for those listening I'll, I'll drop a link in the podcast description uh for justin's profile linkedin profile and you can connect with him on there uh if you want to connect with him so thank you again justin thanks well i thank you so much for tuning in to navigation and discovery with cameron singh I really hope the conversation with Justin really helped added value to your journey of life wherever you're at and that you were able to have some awesome takeaways from hearing Justin's story and journey of not only entering into the aviation industry but growing to where he is today. If you want to connect with him, I dropped his LinkedIn profile uh, down in the podcast description or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can connect with him there. And if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, Navigation and Discovery, you can get your copy today at CameronSing.com on my website, CameronSing.com, and you can get the copy of Navigation and Discovery in any format you would like. And if this is your first time tuning into the episode, feel free to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on, and so that you'll get a notice when the next episode goes live. Really hope that you enjoyed this conversation I had with Justin, and uh, thanks again for tuning in.